0: Today's scripture is from Psalm 127, verses 1 to 5. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring, a reward from Him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. Amen. Short passage for us today. A lot of stuff there. And as we think about this leaving a legacy, as it was one of the recommendations and requests that came in, uh, the focus isn't going to be so much on uh, material things and worldly things, but on who we are as individuals and our actions and where we spend our time and energy and, and what, what do we invest in as an individual and I believe that will, speaks louder than uh, those earthly things that fade away or can be spent or lost or um, just you know disappear over time. To, Tony Evans, he talked about how as a country, talking about these things that, we, that consume us and the media and advertisements wants us to buy, he talks about how we as a country, and that... We're really the only country in the world that, from his um, perception. What do we do? We build storage facilities so that people can rent space because their house is already too full. Their house is stuffed and can no longer hold any more stuff. So we go and we pay rent to keep more stuff because we have so much stuff. And as we think about all this stuff, what a financial business to get into. Wouldn't it be a great business to build storage buildings and get people to pay you monthly rent because they have so much stuff they need somewhere to keep it? And I've seen this uh, right in uh, my hometown area close to where um, my dad's farm is, uh, went to school with the family members and the young people and, uh, you know, they got married and they bought this acreage and they built storage facilities. And it wasn't after a few years, you know, this has been going on, you know, 30, oh, now 40 years. Uh, they've added to it, built more storage buildings, built open area for campers and stuff. And just this past couple weeks ago when I drove by, they got postmarked out and they got gravel hauled in. They're expanding. And I'm thinking, what in the world? We're that wealthy of a nation and communities that the storage facility areas are growing because we just want to keep our stuff. Kind of sounds kind of sim- silly, doesn't it? And even Tony Evans, that, you know, don't get mad at me. That I'm just telling you what Tony Evans, and in this devotional, he, he calls it the ultimate expression of selfishness. And he relates it to Luke twelve fifteen, where it says, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Luke 12, 15. You know, we gotta, if, we're, if, we're faithful, if we're truthful and we're honest with each other, we've got we to kind of agree with Tony Evans, don't we? This is kind of silly. And even causes me to look around my own household, my own things. Do I I need two crossbows? Do I need 15 fishing poles? Do I need 10 tackle boxes? Or whatever the need may be? Or whatever it is. Do I need to save those 10 old car tires thinking someday I'm going to use them again? You know, all that that stuff takes up so much room, and, and why? It's still deteriorating. It's still falling apart. And I don't think that's the type of legacy God would want us to leave behind, one of a bunch of stuff. Yes, it is important that we find a happy medium... We have to work. We have to have resources. We have to have retirement. We have to take care of ourselves. And we have to have the opportunity to take care of our spouse. And we do need different types of insurances. we we got children that are going to need things. We may have relatives that call and say, hey, can you help me out? I'm in a bind. And we need those type of things. So we have to ask ourselves, what type of legacy is worth leaving behind? for our children or grandchildren or for our church or for uh, those type of things that are important to us. What's it mean, anyways? Well, to leave a legacy means something of value that will be treasured or embraced by those who remain. To leave a legacy is to see beyond oneself. To see beyond yourself. What about the... The intangibles. Seeing beyond the business or the money or the house or the land or the farm. What about the intangibles? Relationships, love and respect and values, memories, life moments, and your character. Yes, your character. Yes, your integrity. It has been said by R.J. Miller, and I've used this at different graveside prayers and different graveside sharings with families and loved ones, and I quote, "...the only thing that walks back from the tomb or the grave with the mourners and refuses to be buried is the character of a man or woman, of course. What a man is survives him." It can never be buried, end quote. Your character, your integrity, how much investment on that, and how important is that to you? It should really be very important, especially when we have young people watching and hearing and seeing everything that we do and say, and how we live and how we work and operate as the church and as the body of Christ. We need to be of the utmost character and integrity with Jesus Christ being our example and our lead and our passion and desire to be like Jesus Christ. Your character. Is it an example? Is it leaving a lasting impact on others? Is it making a legacy? The kind that makes me think of someone becoming a legend. We see the t-shirts, mom or dad, the man, the myth, the legend, you know, and, and all those t-shirts that you see out there nowadays with every ma- message possible. But the legacy, the character, the integrity, the legacy, yes, that person becoming a legend. That person leaves behind that unforgettable impression on other people. And as a church and as Christians, it should be the impression that we are one with the Lord, one with Jesus. And we have heard and we've shared and talked about those saints that have gone on before us and we recognize them each and every year. And we, we all have those, that special Sunday school teacher or that's that pastor that we really remembered or that church member or that family member that just uh, lived and served the Lord unconditionally day after day. And we read here, we heard this Psalm 127, what it means to work and to labor and prosper with the Lord. Not on our own. Because we can't. if we try to leave a legacy of our own, it's going to be just of our own and of the world. It's going to look like others in the world. But what's going to make it look like that of Christ? That should be our question. That should be our desire. Even as it says in verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Meaning, anyone can get a house built. You can live your life, you can build your house, you can build your business as you want it. and Each of, of us, everyone does. But if God is not in it, life is not going to be worth living. It's not going to be all that it can be if God's not in it. It's not going to be a house and a place of protection and respite and, and joy and peace for your children if God's not in it. Your business can be great and do great things, but if God's really not in it, it's not going to be the best it can be. It cannot be the greatest. And it, it could be a lot of great worldly things. But when God's in it, it's a whole lot more. It's a whole lot more. Who wouldn't want a whole lot more right now? Don't all of us want a lot more? A lot more Jesus, a lot more of the Lord's work in our lives? because we definitely want a lot more for our children, don't we? We would want to help them and embrace them in their struggles and their challenges. We don't kick them to the curb and say, oh, you don't feel well? Get to your room and stay in your room since you're sick. No medicine for you and no supper either. No, we say, hey, here's some soup, here's some medicine. Go lay on the couch. Stay close by so I can keep an eye on you. Read in verse 2. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food. The Lord hasn't created us to work around the clock or to burn the candle at both ends of the stick to try to get more, stay, keep up with the Joneses and neighbors. He doesn't want that for you and for your life. He didn't intend for us to work sun up to sun down without a break and without enjoying life. But Paul wrote in the New Testament, in Colossians, he was in prison, he was shackled, he was in dirty, filthy conditions. And he, he writes this in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, whatever you do, he says, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an, guess what? Inheritance. From who? From the Lord. Why? As a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. All that you do, whatever it is, you might not like it for a moment, it might not be your favorite job, it may not even be your dream job may not be the dream house, may not be the dream vehicle. But whatever you do, whatever you have, work at it with all your heart, work it for the Lord, you will receive an inheritance from the Lord. And it is challenging because we can get distracted. We can think of all the have-nots. We can think of all that missed opportunities. We can think of all the hours of putting in, punching that time clock, but we are reminded, keep at it, the heart condition. Have your heart set on the Lord. Work for the Lord. It is the Lord that we serve. And it is the Lord that we trust. Because we serve Him, there are greater things yet to come. It may not be in this life. It may just be in heaven. But there may be. He may have those blessings set aside and ready to pour out upon you as an individual or as your family. But it's still up to us to give him a heart, to work for him, to serve him, and trust him for the inheritance that he promises. You know, some... Some legacies left behind by some individuals is within their faithfulness. It is within their faithfulness and it is in with their everyday activities. And I want to bring some of those individuals to your attention today and some of those activities. And one that I want to talk about is just a little bit about church activities and church attendance. Not that church attendance is going to get you in heaven, but that when Christ becomes your Lord and Savior, and when that is your passion and and that is your your commitment to serve the Lord, and that you know that you need to be in church because that is the place you get recharged and filled, and it's a place you want to take other people, and it's a place you want your children to be in as well. I just want to share a couple some information with you about a few individuals. In 2004, the church got a, an attendance computer program. Started taking attendance in 2004. And as 2023 began, Betty Whitmore went on to be with the church triumphant. And Betty's 988 Sundays. You know Betty, right? What were the, some of the things she did? Music, skits and plays and programs, the UMW Sunday School, filled in as teacher here and there, faithfulness, and her 988 Sundays. She was here, 831. 831. 831. Doris Klinger also went on to the church triumphant and also in those 988 Sundays. Her situation is a little different. You know, she had some time there uh, in the Danbury. Didn't have as much time at home and not uh, able to come, but yet still she was over fifty percent. She's here five hundred and thirteen Sundays. Example, faithfulness, others seeing, others experiencing, her family knowing that these ladies where they where they going to be on Sunday morning, the odds are really good they're going to be in church, they're going to be active, they are praying and reading, and I know as visiting, say like Doris, you know her Bible was close by, that she would read and she would pray. But we all know those things get to be a challenge sometimes as the eyesight fails and um, energy and this, those things as the, our human bodies can't keep up. But then there's another lady I want to share, Pat Click. You know, Frank, the husband of Pat, she had 894 Sundays from when they be part of our system. Get that number, 894. She was here, 843. She really didn't even miss a year's worth of Sundays in her lifetime of attendance here at Otterbein. Here at Otterbein, Pat leaves a legacy. The banners that are up at different times of the liturgical year here in the sanctuary. I'm told about her outreach to bring people to this church, and there's a list of people that she brought to this church. And some of them came, and there's at least some that have come to know Christ. They come, they still go here, or they go other churches. And she brought them from her workplace, from Malone College. She brought coworkers and invited other people from her amazing love for the Lord. That's a legacy of leaving behind. Did you get the numbers? Our uh, 894, she was there at 843. And then one of our newest members... And as a new member, uh, they started attending. And of course, through COVID and everything, we was writing down attendance. And, of course, you know, new people, we don't know who they were, and we missed them on some Sundays. And so it was more of a challenge to get uh, this number and attendance about. But once they became a member, of course, we have their attendance. And this individual, I'd asked her before service if I could say this, and uh, in her two years, as she knows full well how often she was here, but her name is Ruth Moore, and she's only missed one Sunday in two years. Nearly perfect attendance. Once she came through these doors, she'll tell you the joy and love that she felt. And that's how and why she invited others to come. You talk to her about it. How's your attendance? I thank you, these ladies, for that commitment and that legacy and that testimony, that faithfulness, giving us to see their commitment and love to the Lord. Amen. And I hope you appreciate that as well. Now, I thought about another person to look up and have Doris to figure out, but uh, his name is Jody Seward. And as I thought about that, I know he's not going to be quite as good as a percentage as Ruth Moore, but I didn't look it up, Jody. I, I didn't want you to get stuck in the building being such a good percentage. Just kidding. Just picking on you. But as we think about this, it is important. Things we do, how we invest our time, what's our weekly schedule and calendar look look like? What does it look like? Your legacy is so much more than dollars and cents and lands and businesses and cars and houses and barns and animals or whatever it is in your life. Your legacy is so much more. It is your example It is your character. It is your integrity. You what everyone's going to remember after you are dead and gone. What are people going to remember? What will they talk about? What will they tell their children and grandchildren? You see, it's hard for us to realize. You don't know. And the things that no one will see. And no one's going to be more influenced than the little ones. Your children. What your children live and see day in and day out, morning and night, day after day. As it says in verse 3, children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring, a reward from him. They're a gift. It's not a given. It's not a guarantee you're going to grow up, get married, and have children. Not everyone has children. But it's reminded here that we have this opportunity to be rewarded with children. And it's same for the church. Most Methodist churches don't have children children's moment. But many don't even have Sunday school. Many don't have children in the worship service. You are blessed here, Otterbein, to have children in your presence. Each child is a gift, a blessing, and a responsibility to be given a proper legacy, a spiritual legacy, a legacy that they will embrace, a legacy that they can fall back on, a legacy for their lifetime. Are they seeing spiritual legacy actions and reactions of your life? Are they seeing that? Verse 4 goes on to describe children as arrows in the hands of the warrior. In ancient times, the early days, and even the early days of this country, the family consisted of many children. Families were bigger in number and size. Families worked together. And many, you look back and you've got stories from your grandparents with multiple, many children in the family, and what do they say? We didn't know we was poor. That's just the way we were. We worked together. We lived together. We worked hard, hand in hand, side by side. And we had a good family unit. And verse 5 goes on to say, Blessed is a man whose quiver, quiver is full of them. As we think of that full quiver and how it is given to us by God and that we need to give praise and thanks for it, no matter what the size, one, two, three, six, or whatever your size, whatever how many children you may have it's not about the size. It's about how are you living? How are you caring for them? How are you leaving a legacy that they can see God within you? Because children need that godly legacy. they need that to fall back on and stand on, to stand firm on, and to see the confidence in their parents and grandparents that. They trusted God through some of the worst of times. They trusted God through some awful, horrible financial moments, or when we lost loved ones, or when mom passed away, or when dad passed away, or grandpa and grandma, or, or whoever it was. Or even when your child would come home from school and say, hey, my best friend just killed themselves and are you going to be a parent and just embrace your child? I'm thankful I've had, I got, I've had parents like that. I'm thankful I had those moments I'd go home and, and tell that, something like that to my dad when that was words, and the homeroom teacher made that announcement just cut me to the gut. It felt like he'd stuck a knife right in me. And to have that feeling all day long, but also know I was going home and telling my dad, and for him to embrace me. Or another time when things were going rough and things weren't going well, having conflict with individuals, and this back before I was married and going home one night and telling my dad that, you know, I can't stand people. And he'd say, don't say that. And he'd just embrace me and have prayer and just love me through the heartbreaking moments. All our children need somebody to go to like that. And I pray that we can be a church like that and that they would have parents and grandparents and Sunday school teachers and individuals that they know that they could turn to. You know, I've been going into the high school helping with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Those young people, most of them, you know, they don't have much to say. They don't have many questions. Uh, they do set and they listen and share a few things, a few moments, and then they're out and they want to go shoot baskets or whatever. And that's great. But what I see, because of a presence there, you know, when I see them later on, I see them at a the ball game or see them after school or see them in town or downtown somewhere. You know what they do? They wave, they smile, and they say Hi i are not going to say anything during the school day, but because of being just there for a short time, a lunch period, one day a week, there's a presence. And I say, Lord, that's all they're going to see, they, they need to see you in presence, the presence of the Lord, but also seeing that it's somebody that they could turn to. As I mentioned, a classmate, not even in my class, in my brother's class, two years behind me, Text me saying, "Hey, my husband passed away this week. Would you pray for me?" And I'm sure, and I know, many of you have those moments when people reach out for you as well. I have another Tony Evans story for you. I hope it can make you chuckle a little bit. A well man, well-to-do man within the community. He's on his deathbed, and he called in the doctor and the lawyer and the pastor. He said, I have $30,000, and I'm going to give each one of you $10,000. But when I pass away, I want you to come to my funeral. And when you come to my funeral and you come up to the casket to view me, you bring that $10,000, and I want you to put it in there. And I want giving it to you three men because I know I trust you, I know that you'll bring it, and you'll stick it in there. I'm going to take it with me in my casket. Well, a few days later, the gentleman passes away, and the funeral, the viewing, and the pastor, the lawyer, and the doctor show up, and they each go up individually. First, the doctor. He goes up, leans on the casket. He's just by himself, and he gets out the ten thousand, but he only puts in two thousand. Goes on his way, waits at the back. Here comes the pastor. See, the doctor remembered that this guy, in his mind, he thought, this guy would want me to use the money to help other people. So I'm, just going, I'm going to keep 8000 and I'll help other people. The pastor comes up, and he only puts in 3000 thinking that this guy, you know, I have real love for Jesus and ministry. He'd want me to take that, uh, that 7000 and do some more ministry. So he steps up back to his side. And the lawyer gets up there, and he does his thing. And he goes back and joins the pastor and the doctor, and they're all three back here. And, you know, pastor and the doctor, they're saying, hey, great to have that opportunity. Begin that money. I'm going, we're going to do a little bit more. We put out in just a little bit. And Laura's like, hey, guys, I know, I know you have your good intentions, but when I went up there, I just wrote out a check. I kept my 10,000 and I took in each of yours, whatever you put in there, I took that for myself as well. Appreciate working with you. We don't know what's always best for the other guy. Our relationship needs to be number one with the Lord, amen? And let the Lord work through us and in us and give him the right of way, amen? prayerfully asking, Lord, what kind of legacy can I leave? Help me get better at being whatever you want me to be. Lord, reveal it. Holy Spirit, work in me. And I have one thing here that, you know, our legacy speaks a lot of ourselves. And one, i just share about Betty Whitmer, you know, her love for music and you know, the ministry in the church and the music ministry and uh, people that were blessed by her teaching and so forth. What does she leave me? What does she give me last October for pastor appreciation? This book here that she even wrote in, 2022, from Betty Whitmer. 101 more hymn stories. You know, the hymns and the story behind them. She's like, I have one of those books and I really like it and I got one for you. Leaving a legacy of how the Lord has touched you, blessed you, and knowing I'll give give my pastor this book about the history of different hymns. The little things you do are gonna be noticed, be remembered and of our blessed people in ways that you will never know. Church, let us leave a spiritual heritage for this church, community, and our families. Let us pray. Father God, a legacy does not happen overnight. It happens over a lifetime. Just as our spiritual walk is a lifetime walk and journey. And Lord, I lift up your church. We do give thanks for those spiritual the saints that have gone on before us. We give thanks for the legacy that they left behind, their faithfulness and their commitment because of their love for you, Lord, their love for the gospel, their love to reach others, their love to teach and share and help others in their understanding of who Jesus Christ is as Lord and Savior. So Lord. Continue the holy work in each and every one of us. Continue to help us leave the legacy that needs to be left for our young people and each and every generation yet to come. And Lord, we do it not to gain things for ourselves, but we're looking past ourselves for the future. Ministry, sharing the gospel and living in your kingdom for all of eternity. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share with your people. I ask your blessing upon them and their ears and hearts as they heard your word and heard these few thoughts. And I pray that they've had uh, holy thoughts and memories of other individuals that have touched their lives. And may they know that their lives are going to touch People yet to come. So, Lord Jesus, this I pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Holy Spirit. All glory and honor belong to you, now and forever. Amen. I invite you.